burp then and not in the middle of opening the podcast. Would that be weird if I burped in the opening of the podcast? I guess I just did because we'll just use this because it'll be interesting. Where do things a rare, happened? A rare morning town tailgate uh, brought to you by Around the Diamond. Welcome, everybody. Um, I'm in full Raiders mode, Julio, because I'm just over the A's. Um, got my Raiders shirt on. I even changed my background on my phone. Okay. That. So I, I do my phone wallpapers based on um, the season that we're in. So I don't do – so it's an A's background on my phone until the A's are season is over, which I consider it over now after being swept by the Mariners. Um, and then same with the Raiders. Once their season's over, then I'll move it to the Warriors. And it, it's just a re- revolving cycle. It's a revolving cycle. My background's just uh Let me guess my, your cats. Yeah, it's just a little fat cat. <laughs> Only one though, huh? Uh and then when you, when you open it, it's Do you have do you favorite What about the third one? No, she's in there. Evie's in there. She's in she's oh. right there. Well, you have a dog now, so you should change it. Oh, crap, I haven't told you. No, her family picked the dog back up. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're not so dog sitting anymore. So now you're yeah, just no more dog guy. sitting. Back to no, yeah, just back to being the world's best cat dad, right here. There you go. Um, Can't believe yeah, I'm wearing this shirt in that moment. Welcome in everybody. A little bit of a interesting week to have a podcast. I don't know. I don't know. You just uh, you just muted yourself. <laughs> well, that sucked too. I'm just saying it sucks right now. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a cluster. So, uh, we're gonna. So, today's big three. We got a team that's getting excruciatingly hot at the best time possible, and it's not the A's. We got a bit of a brawl over a card in Tampa Bay, and uh, the NL West just keeps getting even more and more complicated. Chris can break that down. And A's news: Seabass, he's back. We're gonna talk about a start. We have another reliever on the reliever carousel to keep going with. And then, if you didn't hear the A's news, the ticket prices for season ticket holders was hiked exponentially. So we brought in. Uh, it was all, it was the, more than doubled, right? It was more than it, doubled. It's per, it's pretty big. Um, <clears throat> so we brought in one of the most uh, notable Oakland A's fan season ticket holders, Brian, aka the Pin King, aka one of the co-founders King of Pin. the uh, the Last Dive Bar, aka the what the fuck guy he's gonna be joining us give us a little more insight for a season ticket holder kind of talk about what's going through there and then usual stuff close out we have our upcoming schedule or talk about our essential tailgate tools from last week but chris the cardinals are back ish holy crap man the St. Louis Cardinals have are on a 12-game winning streak right now. They are four and a half games up on the second wild card spot. Mm-hmm. And this is their longest win streak since I, I think they showed 1981 or somewhere in the early 80s where guess what they did when that happened? They won a World Series. I'll tell you straight up, man. A lot of my NL friends are terrified right now because they're fr- the the phrase that the even Cardinal your dodger fans... and giant friends are terrified yes like all mm-hmm. like dot like a few dodger fans are like no not them 
Not like because it's like it's this two teams that always kind of pull this fuckery for lack of word. It's the Giants and the yeah. Cardinals, and guess what? They're both doing it right now. Uh, but this team is just an absolute machine right now. Uh, they just swept the division leading Brewers, which is you know we're the biggest Brewers fans in the world. You know we should just get Brewers hats. Let's do it. Yeah, rest of the season Brewers hats. Uh, yeah, so, normally playoff time when the A's get knocked out of the playoffs, which always happens, um, I become a Dodger <laughs> fan. So maybe I should become a Brewers fan this year. So if you haven't been paying, too, that's not a bad idea. The stadium looks cool. Maybe we can get on the slide one day. Yeah. But uh, anyway. the biggest reason, like, hey, out of nowhere, why are they so good? Well, remember this Nolan Arenado guy? Everyone kind of forgot about him. Well, he is having another crazy season, 33 home runs, 103 RBIs. Even though he's, yeah. his average is down a little bit, he's still doing it. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, the human, uh, you know, you ever seen like what a buff dog looks like? Like a buff, mm-hmm. like. He looks like that. Like one of those buff those buff pit bulls or buff um yeah. Yeah, just pugs. stout. Yeah. Like that's what he looks like. He has been on an absolute tear this last month. Uh he's about to hit thirty home runs on this season. Uh he's has thirteen steals, really electric player. Paul Goldschmidt is is hit another thirty home runs. And then let's not forget about the freaking old guy committee that got going on there. Adam Wainwright, Fountain of Youth. He's really just had a, another outstanding year. Uh, Yadier Molina, well, I'll start this past season. He's kind of fall off a little bit the second half, but he's still Yadi. You're always going to trust him behind the plate. And then, hey, you remember John Lester and Jay Happ? And we were like, oh, why would they make these moves? Whatever. Well, during this kind of run they've been going on, they've been pretty good pitchers. So, Chris, it, my question to you. <clears throat> yeah, it's just funny that you, you said all those names um, in this overview at like uh like you were gonna like kind of name drop some like unknowns and ninety nine percent of them except for one guy the the pitbull guy that you said um are pretty well known names in the name of baseball in the past like ten years plus but that's the thing. Adam Wainwright or Yadi or Melina twenty twenty years but it's just it's I know I no I I I get your point but it's just funny it's just like. Yeah, remember that guy Nolan Arenado? It's like, well, yeah. If you're a baseball fan, of course you know who Nolan Arenado is. It's just, but it, but he disappeared last year, and then you know this year, yeah. It's just, it's an, it's just interesting. It's it's, it's the thing that's super interesting to me. I'm glad you kind of brought that point up because it's like, it's like the Giants with the Giants. You forgot like Buster Posey's the best catcher, yeah. arguably the best catcher this decade. Like, yep. There's a reason why it's Brendan exact Crawford. Same thing. There's a reason why Brendan Crawford's been a freaking starting starting shortstop for ten years. The reason why Brendan Belton's still there, kind of thing, because like, yo, these guys get shit done. Old guys, they figured it out, and that's what's happening right now. now the pandemic question... shortened season gave these guys so much rest. Like Brandon Crawford yep. had a terrible last couple of years, but only playing sixty games. You know, he's able to work on his body all season. And look at him; he's a home run machine. Buster Posey took the season off. His knees are looking a lot better. Yeah, no, I I I couldn't agree more. Now, my question for you is: Do you think this is sustainable? Do you see yeah. them actually like, yes. making a run? Really? Yeah. Yes. The Cardinals always make a run in the playoffs, no matter like how limped in they get or no matter like what their situation is. It feels like every year they if they are the the um central winner or if they're a wild card team, they barely make it in with like around ninety wins, sometimes less. 
Um, it's always a concern when they go in where it's like, this Cardinals team is probably going to be a first round knockout in the wild card game. And then they win the wild card game and then they win the AL division series. And it's like the next thing, you know, they're in the NLCS, uh, sorry, NL division series. Next thing, you know, they're in the NLCS playing against, you know, the Dodgers or, or, or the Cubs or something like that. Well, whoever the, the number one team is going in and you're just like, what the fuck? Where'd this team come from? Cause it's always the same situation. They're grounded by like two or three really good starting pitchers. And then they have about two to three guys on offense that just pretty much carry the entire team on offense. Like I'm trying to think of that team in 2000, uh, was it 2018 when they made it to the NLCS? It might have been 2017, where it was like, it was like uh, Marcel Ozuna, Paul Goldschmidt, and and like Matt Carpenter, and like they pretty much like just carried their entire offense. The rest of their team was you know around average in terms of hitting, but those three guys were able to to just bring in runs. And then in the NLCS, they completely fell flat because Marcel Ozuna just completely shit the bed. Um, uh, Paul Goldschmidt was hitting like barely over the Mendoza line in that series. And it was pretty much Matt Carpenter hitting home runs and it just wasn't enough. It wasn't sustainable against the machine, like every powerhouse that they go up against. So do I think they can make a run to the, to the league championship series? Yes. But no one's beating the giants of the Dodgers. I'm sorry. There's no one's doing it. Well, you realize if they're going to make it today and LCS, they're going to have to beat the Giants and the Dodgers because the wild card is going to be one of those two guys. And then they're going to play whoever has the best record, which is going to no, be one of those two guys. That's not necessarily true. Oh, wait. I guess it is true. Yeah. So, so it would be Milwaukee or Atlanta and then LCS. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think so. And I think another part too oh, is really. my kind of critique for them and I think I've been a little well, – if I would say their fault is I don't think the rotation's super deep. Wainwright's good, you know. But I still think at the end of the day, Lester and Hap are kind of uh, unpredictable um, in terms of like I don't think you're going to get any more dominating performances out of them. But you're still – you know, you're not going to get more than like a blow-up. And then but course, they have like, a lot of playoff experience though. True. And then uh, I actually the one guy I like I'm, I'm probably gonna butcher his name, but Kwang Young Kim, the lefty Korean pitcher, he's been pretty dope out there. But I think the X factor and I, what will really help them out is your boy is coming back this weekend for them. And by yeah. your boy, I meant by somebody on your fantasy team, Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty, yeah, yeah. So he, he's gonna it, be the major X factor for them because you go into a playoff series with him. Lester and and uh and Wainwright like that's pretty dangerous because you have the the young stud at the top of the rotation then you have two proven world championship world class playoff pitchers it's tough yeah I as much as like NL people don't want this to happen because they've seen this story before I think just like complete chaos of an October would be if the Cardinals knock out whoever's going to be the one card, the one seed of wild card. So screw it. I'm all in. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, Chris. I, I'm juice. I, th- I think it'll be fun. Is Ronnie back on the Cardinals train? So I, last I talked to him about it was like the end of last week or something. And he, here, actually I can, I can pull up the exact quote, but he's, uh, he doesn't think it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but <laughs> excuse me. Um, I guess I can find it. 
It's fine. We can. We he's can rooting talk about for it a good on. game. That's all he's saying. He's like, I'm rooting for a good game. He's like, I don't think oh, the Dodgers about, Cardinals. If they, if, if, it's like, what, if what they are you play do in the it's... wild card. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm rooting for a good game at that point. He's like, but I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Alrighty, next up, Chris, I have a little note for you. Just, but you can't <laughs> have so it funny. yet. This is like a the funniest thing that happened this past week. Um, if you did not see on Wednesday, we had a bit of a kerfuffle happen in Tampa Bay. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer was going for inside the park home run uh, off of areas. Kevin Kiermeyer as- plays for the Rays, if you don't know. Thank you. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer of the Tampa Bay Rays. They're going against the Toronto Blue Jays in Tampa. Uh, he's going for an inside the park home run. Uh, he's he's actually pretty close to pulling it off. But Alejandro Kirk, the catcher, he had a he had blocked off home plate. He tried doing a little trickery where he like he kind of threw his body back and tried to slide it fit in, but he just missed it. In that process, though, uh, Alejandro Kirk's like game plan on his his wrist fell out. So when Kevin Kiermeyer was kind of laying there, like, "Hey, we should review this." He see this piece of paper and is like, "Yoink!" and takes that. Uh, they show him go into the dugout. He slyly passes it over to like one of the coaches, like, "Hey, you know, be quiet about this." And uh, the following game, and there's a lot of, and then that night he got interviewed. Hold on, hold on. Yes, Can I add yes, some more yes. details to to things that you missed? So. For those of you who don't know, every player, there's a game, obviously a game plan and a scouting report for every single game given given by the coaching staff. And for if you're a player who plays in the field, if you're a position player, when you're in the field, they usually tuck it in their hat, like right at the right at the rim. And they you, you'll see them when they play games. They'll, they'll be out in the outfield and they'll, in between at-bats, they'll pull their hat off. They'll take a look kind of inside because they're reading the scouting report, what their positioning needs to be, so on and so forth. Um, and then when they're batting, they'll like put it in their pocket or something like that, and whatever. He goes in the steal, falls out of his wherever he was keeping it, and then and it literally like it, it just I I just want to like kind of like paint a picture real quick for the situation. It literally like kind of drops right in front of um uh the catcher of God's name, uh what's his name Alejandro Kirk. Kirk, yeah, it literally right, just like kind of plops right in front of Kirk, and Kiermaier is so excited he scored, he gets up and turns around, and just walks away, and Kirk just kind of looks down and goes, uh, like very gently, just kind of reaches, grabs it, and just kind of like tucks no, it away. No, Kiermaier took great. it. Or sorry, the other, yeah, other way around. Kiermaier's yeah, yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. Kirk walks away. Kiermaier's yeah. on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, I asked who the catcher was, and you, yeah, that was confusing. Yeah. Um, anyway, and he just grabs it and kind of tucks away, and just like he doesn't, he kind of like looks around a little bit, but he, you could tell that nobody, he, he like nobody. It was just like the most sneaky move I've ever seen. Anyway, keep going. Press conference, and uh, he he had it like quarterback style, so he has it on his wrist yeah. on there. Uh, so they asked him about it in after the and post game. He was like, "Oh, I think nothing much out of it." But Toronto, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but they're pretty much said like, yo, that's not the piece of paper that we want you to have. Like, that's mm-hmm. not for taking. So what happens the following game? Uh, Kevin Kiermaier gets hit by pitch. Mm-hmm. And bench is clear. Nothing happens. What? So do you think, was this justified? Do you think this was so upset, upsetting? Because like some of the, the John Boy breakdown, what he was talking about was like, hey, you lose your battle plan, you know, finders keepers. 
Like that's a competitive advantage for the other team. Yeah, no, that's a little bitch move by the Jays. Like you gotta like that's not that's not his fault. Like it's not it's not stealing signs. It's like you're gonna take any advantage you can to win in 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 within the realms of of the rules. And there's nothing against the rules that says if your player drops the game plan on the floor and the other guy picks it up without them knowing, like there's nothing, there's nothing. He didn't do anything wrong. He did everything right. In my opinion, uh, that that's on, that's on, uh, on Kirk for just like allowing that to happen. And, 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 and his teammates for, if they saw it, not saying something like, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. He, if that's such an important piece of paper to hold on to, like, why is it like being handled? So, so, um, uh, uh, for for lack of a better word, I want to say lazily, but that's not the right word. Um, not it, it isn't being loosely, taken, you know, loosely. loosely yeah, 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 yeah. That should be that should be a lot more like taken care of and a lot safer. So to t- for for the Blue Jays to take it out on Kiermaier is such a bitch move. I'm sorry. Like you should be mad at your at your guy for doing that. Like, dude, what the fuck? Why is that in your wherever it is? I don't know. Why is that in your pocket when you're running the bases? Or why is it that you know? I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I think the real, you know, I'm not going to say like, oh, Kiermaier should have been taking better care of it. I don't care, Kirk should have been taking better care of it and have been aware. Maybe, you know, when you leave your apartment, you kind of do your house. You do like the, the wallet, phone, keys, mm-hmm. mask, check, you know, all right, got everything with me. Cool. I can go. So like, you know, maybe going forward, you need to be like, all right, I have my glove. <laughs> it's like, all right, do I have my mask? Cool. My face, my Face mask, cool. A game plan, great. But mm. yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, finders keepers, man, that's your fault. You need to take care of that shit. Mm. In my opinion, though, and I don't think that's really metric net. So I think you shouldn't have thrown at the guy. I think you no no. And I, I think like in said, the in, move. in his post game, I don't think he really said anything wrong. I know mm. some people kind of have some animosity towards Kiermaier because he's he's kind of cocky. He's he, he's look he's a really crappy. Oh, he's hitter. a modern. He's just like a modern day like person. Oh, shocker! Like, yeah, no, know. no. Well, they're giving because he's like super cocky, right? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm the best defensive center, center fielder in the game, though. Um, but he's also like not a great hitter. But besides, you know point. what's crazy about this whole thing is most catchers have like the QB wristband and it's on their wristband. Like, why is it in a? No, piece that's of paper? what he had. That's what he had, and it still and it fell, fell out. Yeah, like the flap came off the top. It was a folded piece of paper, though. Well, when it came out, like it because he probably had it like slipped in or something. If you see, like, if you look at like the clip and you can see that it's how like it was like that. It was, it was weird. But Chris yeah. and I have a, a bigger theory. We don't think this is a game plan. We thought it was like a middle school note that was being passed along. And it's a love note for it. sure. 1,000%. Yeah. It's, it's, it probably said like, will you go out with me? Circle yeah. Yes it's pretty well no. known that Kirk has this massive crush on Austin Meadows. Um, I mean, just, you know, I'm sure you could find, you can't find this, but I'm sure if you went the deep dive of Reddit into uh, speculated, um, MLB crushes. You'll you'll find that on the top of the list. You won't. This is not a real thing. I'm doing a bit. Um, I, I don't want people to actually like go on Google and start looking for this. Um, 
And, you know, I think that just Kirk was just like, you know what? I'm going to ask him today. I'm going to ask him if he likes me. So he wrote on a note, do you like me? Circle yes or no. <laughs> well, Hugo, and to then prom. he decided he decided midway through the game, like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to ask. I'm not ready to ask him. So he kept it to himself. And Kiermaier saw that and was like, hmm, I'm going to sneak this over to Austin Meadows. Will you go to prom with me? Yeah. Just ask. Or, what, what was it? What's the uh, the little thing called where you put all the, the paper on your hand and you go like. The cootie, cootie catchers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was the process of making one of those. I remember I was like, always fascinated by those as a, as a kid, but I never knew how to make them. So I'd always have to ask like other people to make them for me. Same. Same. But one one says, what? If, but all the different possibilities are different. Ra- a race players. It's like Randy, it's like Nelson, yeah. Brett. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wander. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely it. <laughs> That's that. I think that'd be a lot more interesting, to be honest with you. Chris, take it away from here. This is this NL West playoff scenario just keeps getting more complicated. Now it's going to be stemming into the NL. This sounds like a scene from the movie Basketball. So what the hell could possibly happen? This is the biggest story of the this is the biggest story of the league right now that no one's talking about. Okay, so the Dodgers and the Giants are one game apart in the NL West. They are the Dodgers are 98 wins and 55 losses, the Giants are 99 wins and 54 losses. Now, they don't play each other for the rest of the season, I believe. I think the season series is over. Um, but there's a very likely possibility, and both these teams have already clinched um, their playoff berth. They're 14 games ahead of – oh, God. They're 14 games ahead of the Padres who have just completely just fallen face first. Um, sorry, 21 games. That was wrong. Um, <laughs> oh, that's so brutal. The Padres suck. Um, and there's a very likely possibility that the, these, that the Dodgers and Giants could tie – um, at the end of the season in game 162. And if that were the case, and they would play a game 163, a one, and because baseball is a little bit different than football or basketball, they don't do the season series to decide who wins the division. They do a one game playoff before the wild card game. So we saw this in 2012 with the Rangers and the Rays. When the Rangers lost game 162 to the A's, the A's won the division, but they also had a, um, a record tie with the Rays, so they play had a one game playoff game one sixty three to get into the wild card game, which they lost. Um, uh, this could happen with the Giants and Dodgers, but it's a different scenario. The winner wins the division and has a buy and moves on to the ALDS. The loser has to play in the wild card game. Not only do they have to play in the wild card game, but um, if they win that wild card game, they you know they'll be going up against either the Cardinals or the Phillies, probably the Cardinals. Um, if they win that wild card game, um, they because of the way that um, baseball formatting is, it's not like the NBA where it goes from best record to worst. It the first place team plays the wild card team, and then the second um, uh, uh, second best uh, record uh, for division winner plays the third best record for division winner. So they're going to potentially play each other in game 163. Um, loser plays a wild card. Winner plays the ALDS. And then they could potentially play each other in the ALDS. So the two best teams in baseball could potentially be playing each other in the first round of the actual playoffs. And the worst part about all that is the Braves are barely above 500. Um, and they're going to get to play 
the Milwaukee Brewers, who have won 91 games. They're playing a little bit better. Um, uh, Julio, my question to you is, is there some flaw with – do we want to see the two best teams in the in National League play each other in the first round of the playoffs? Is there some sort of flaw in, the, in Major League Baseball's playoff system? I mean, there's a lot of flaws, but this particular one. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to see them play each other. Uh, I think you said it, no. There's no problem. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no. No. Problem. Yeah. You know, no. There's. There's. There's no problem. This thing's. It's this perfect model. Everything's perfect with baseball right now. No. Uh, I don't think it's a good model because the odds are too. If, if you think about like how the broadcast is going to be, the odds are these games are not going to be played in the spotlight. They're not going to be played prime time. They're probably going to be on like a, what, like they're probably a day game. They're probably, and they're going to be second fiddle because they're going to be playing the East coast games instead. I like, because in reality, if there was a possibility and it's not going to happen because of how the system is that we could have had a giant Dodgers NLCS the first time they've ever played each other in the playoffs and be an NLCS would be insane, but it's like, we're not going to have that because of the way this is this the first time ever. At least the first time as the LA and San Francisco, LA Dodgers, San Francisco giants. I'm pretty, okay. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure they played each other in the NLCS a few times in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Paul went there, I think, but also the playoff system was so simple back then where like, I don't think there was an, division series it was just like no it, it was like it was like English Premier League if, if you yeah if you yeah exactly yeah, yeah that was the system so yeah th- i mean this is uh this is in this is ridiculous um especially two teams who've been playing their ass off in a tight race all season and then they're one of them's gonna have to be stuck in a one game playoff in general is bullshit now um another uh way to look at this as well is if let's say you go to game 163 um if you so if you're let's say the Dodgers go to game 160 Dodgers and Giants go to game 163 who are you pitching in that game because you're guaranteed a playoff spot so it's not win or go home do you want to pitch um Scherzer in that game or do you want to pitch um maybe Bueller or Urias and save um Scherzer for the actual win or go home game um, in the wild card, I guess you could argue like you don't want to be thinking that way. You want to be thinking like let's win this game and then we go to a series. And also, Scherzer has a couple days to rest; he can pitch game two. I, I don't know. This was a really uh, interesting way to look at. It. If you're the Giants, I feel like it's a little bit easier decision because though Gaussman season wise has been really good, he's not, in my opinion, that much lately at least better than Logan Webb or. Um, Oh my god, I'm totally blanking on the other guy. The giant uh, Anthony Discafani. Yes, oh, yes, yes, okay. yes. Um, he's he's not much the, of a different level better than those guys. So maybe Logan Webb, you pitch in in that game, and then I don't know. It's just like it's just such a weird scenario for a manager to have to deal with. I'm sure Gabe Kapler has like some insane analytics that will give him the right answer. But yeah, it's they really. Again, MLBPA, this offseason negotiations is going to be crazy. I think they yeah. they should some expand the playoff system. I don't think eight games is the answer. Maybe a, or eight teams is the answer. Maybe I think we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago 
we're doing like a six team top two seeds get a buy or or seven like the like the NFL and just the number one seed gets a buy. Oh yeah, yeah that that it, it's just kind of crazy because I think no matter what, no matter what we try to do, at least in this situation, uh, those two the Giants Dodgers were never going to be able to play each other in the NLCS. No matter yeah. how we try yeah. to fixate it. And it's also, it, you have to also have to think too how we grew up with like what two of the craziest playoff series in our memories are the two Red Sox Yankees ALCS is an 03 mm-hmm. and 04. And the odds of two division teams playing each other in, in an NLCS or ACS is mm-hmm. so rare. So I think, I think a part of us is kind of like, we want that feeling again. We want that like kind of, that's like, that's so rare for it to actually happen. Yeah. Um, also, like if this was last year's playoff format, then these teams wouldn't be playing each other. Um, the loser would be playing because um, it it was like the number one um, second place team played um, the lowest um, division winner. So they would be playing the Cardinals and or not the Cardinals. Sorry, they'd be playing the Braves in round one as opposed to the Dodgers if this was the 18 playoff and then um the and the NL West winner would be playing let's see they'd be playing the Padres you know like it's just uh, it, you know, I, I don't know it's just there's I really like that about the system last year. Maybe I don't know. I I don't think 8 teams is too too many, but I do think that you should be rewarding the best teams in 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 the league um for you know just really dominating all season so like yeah a 16 playoff sounds great but a winner go home game in general in baseball is just a slap in the face like we we just played 162 games and we're gonna make it come down to one game like that should be a three-game series in my opinion so i'm i'm looking up the numbers in front of me right now on a seat because now I'm kind of thinking, like, oh, how many times have two division rivals have faced each other in a CS series? Mm. So over the last 20 years, between both leagues... Oh, I'm so close. Is it It's happened... Handful? Eight times. Yeah. But it's happened... I don't know, food for thought. It's happened more times since... The or happens it's happened less since the wild card restructure where it's a single game. So yeah, food for thought. But it's interesting how that's happened. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. I forgot so, Bowmel was the manager for the D backs team in 07 when they got swept by the Rockies. Yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. Baseball fans, look out for that. That's gonna be an interesting race. I would definitely keep an eye on those um records. Um. The likelihood of a game 163 is a little bit unlikely, but it's definitely possible. They're only one game apart. So, um, but um, if not, then um, it'll just be a very, especially with how hot the Cardinals are, it'll be a very interesting wildcard game for whoever loses. Uh, I was listening to ESPN 720 the other day, and they were talking about the wildcard matchup as if it was going to be the Reds. I'm pretty sure most local radio personalities just don't watch the whole league they only watch their local team because he was talking about it like it's going to be the reds and i'm like does this dude know the reds are like five games back like yeah it's like they've fallen off and and know what the cardinals are doing like what the fuck is like who's 
who's paying this guy? Like, yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to A's news. Hello. Um, Chris Bassett has returned. He started yesterday. He was on a 50-game pitch limit, but he dominated. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, unfortunately. Um, but it was a it was a great job. He was super hyped up. He was happy to be there. Um, I texted Julio midway through the game, and I was like, "Look, I understand that he hasn't pitched in three three weeks to a month. Um, I understand that you need to ease him into it, but we're in a very different situation uh, where we have to win every game pretty much to get to the playoffs. So if he wants to go." You just take the reins off and let him fucking go. In my, that's just my opinion. Um, we don't have time to fuck around anymore. But apparently, Bob Melvin wants to fuck around um, because he pitched uh, Jake Diekman yesterday and gave up three runs and lost the game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, the season's over in my opinion, so I don't really have any more. Like I, I, I felt like the season was over before yesterday's game, but then after that, it's like it was. But it's I like, think oh, the it's, Chris it's Bassett, over. over. Yeah, the Chris Bassett return like kind of had me hyped up. I was like, I don't know, maybe if he wins this game, like maybe the morale changes and they start hitting better, and the pitcher and the bullpen picks it up. But then, yeah. And then you okay, remember what the bullpen's been lately. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Quite, quite uh, quick stat line: He went three innings, one hit, one walk, four Ks. He looked really solid. He looked really good for missing a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he cut out some really great quotes after it. He's just like, just saying how like I I'm proud of I'm proud to be an Oakland A. He's like I'm proud of this team, even though we've sucked this last month. He's like I, I know I love Bowmel, and it's just you could just tell he's like there. He's like I got two types of text messages from people. He's like the one it's like he is overwhelmed by the amount of support, but the two messages was yo hey man you've had an excellent year this year, you don't need to worry, blah blah blah. Another was. So when are you coming back? So there's mm-hmm. two types of people. Um, so that I look, this week has been awful for the A's. I think this month has been awful. It just keeps getting worse and worse, right? But just seeing him out there, and even though he only went three innings, was so inspiring. And it just was kind of been a highlight, one of the season highlights, man. Just to kind of see him persevere after a really scary injury where if things could have gone wrong you know that could have been career ending he he could have lost his life if that ball was hit him at the right spot mm-hmm. so it's kind of see out there and he even said he's like look i've thrown thousands of pitches in my life and that was the first time that's ever happened to me mm-hmm. and you know and if that does happen to me again then you know that's so be it he's like that's just the risk you kind of go out when you're out there and it's so minimal so to kind of see him out there it's just awesome <clears throat> it's really great to see him it, yeah, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but if they could have pulled out a win yesterday on top of that, it would have been even more inspiring, and it would have been like a big, like, you know, definitely would have hyped up Ace fans. Ace Twitter would have gone off, um, might have changed the, the tone a little bit, might have forgotten about the debacle that we're going to talk about in the second half of this, that you're going to talk about with Brian in the second half of this podcast. Um, but, like, there's just been a lot of negativity in the past two weeks with, you know, with the prices of tickets going up, with the ownership clearly sandbagging the city uh, in order to, you know, sway the numbers to, you know, um, manipulate the move to wherever the fuck they're going to go. Who gives a shit? Um, and the team not playing well. There's just been a lot of... of uh, 
you know, it just feels like the the like you you just got knocked the wind out of you for a two weeks straight, and it's like over and over you're just getting punched in the stomach. Um, and that would have been a really like great um, way to potentially turn around, but they just couldn't do it. But yeah, it was it was cool, and and those are great comments he said in the post game. Realistically, he's probably not going to be in Oakland A at the end of the season anyway. But you know. <laughs> It was great to hear him say that, um, and it, you know, I I will say it's it's good to hear a lot of these A's on their way out the past few years say so, shit like that. You know, Marcus said something like that after the the loss to the Astros last year in the playoffs, and yeah, I don't know, I don't know, man. Yeah, just we're glad know. to see him. It was a bright spot, and what was been a dark month for Oakland A's baseball. Mm-hmm. But hey, Chris, the carousel of relievers continues uh kind of going back to what we talked about before which is why didn't you do this at the trade deadline when there's probably better options the a's had claimed reliever michael feliz he's coming over from boston who dfa'd him but this is now his fourth team this season wow good for you dude great Uh, four yeah great uh he was with pittsburgh for seven games went over to cincinnati for nine games blew up over there uh, blew up in a bad way, that is. Uh, went over to Boston, he pitched four games, and now here he is with Oakland. Uh, to make room for the for the roster spot, they's DFA'd and have now released. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and have you cue the music. Former Oakland great, Aramis Garcia. 2001 or 2021? To 2021. He had a 205 average, 88 bats, 18 hits, three home runs. Aramis, your gift card to. I ain't Arby's. giving you a gift card. You didn't yeah, do shit you, for Sorry. Us. Yeah. You, we're, we'll pay for your Uber. I've been Team Austin Allen since the beginning. I don't know why he didn't get that job in the first place, but, you know, that's fine. We got Jan Gomes now. Yeah. Ten more yeah. games. Uh, not, um, so I don't think there's much we can really talk about with Feliz. He pitched a third of an inning. But what I think this could mean is I think they're already starting to prep this bullpen for next year. Mm-hmm. I was looking at it. his contract. He's on a one-year, one-million deal for the rest of the season. Yeah. If this guy can pitch well rest of – the season when he does get those chances. Oh, cool. We got a reliever we can bring in for two years, $3 million, $2 million and Mm -hmm. save budget. Nothing much else. Yeah. 1000%. Um, so uh, this is, you know, we lost, we got swept by the Seattle this week. Um, first time that's ever happened in the city, in the Coliseum, the city of Oakland. Um, which, if you really think about it, makes a lot of sense. Mariners have been more or less not very good, except for that one season they won 116 games and then lost the first round of the playoffs. Um, Julio, uh, how do I want to pose this question? There's 10 games left in the season. How many of those games would you think that we would have to win in order to have a realistic shot at the wild card? I we I've, don't, but I just want to. I'm just. I just want you know. I just want to. Let's just go down the rabbit hole and see what it is. 
They'd have to win every game. Yeah, I think they would have to win 10 straight games, right? Yeah, because there's... Is it 10 or 9 left? It's three-game weekend, and there's three games against Seattle again. And then three... Yeah, so it's it's nine. They'd have to win every single nine game. Games. Yes, because um, they're four games back from the Yankees. Toronto's one game back from the Yankees. And Seattle's now two games back from the Yankees. Um, You're going to want the Yankees to lose a handful of those games too they're playing boston this weekend in toronto so. everybody has to start losing and we would have to start winning crazier look crazier things have happened i want i want to be proved wrong we want to be proved wrong because it's just like look what look what the cardinals are doing the cardinals had like a less than four percent chance of making it to the postseason at the beginning of the month and then they went insane and but now it's just the problem is outside of the win streak in in April, uh, this team is just not streaky. They're inconsistent. Like they, they're inconsistent. They don't go on those runs like that. And uh, I think we had a what a we seven just, game win streak we just, two weeks ago. We just went on one of these runs. Yeah, we went on we a seven won game eight win out of streak. Our last Ten. Yeah, and then they fall off. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, look, I think the biggest thing too is. How horrible they've been against the Astros in Seattle doesn't help. And those are the last two teams. series. Those are the last series you're playing. It's going Houston, Seattle, Houston. Yeah. So, like, unless I've seen, we've seen some, like, positivity against those teams where they've performed well, then, yes, I think they would have a chance. But it's like, you really got to turn around extremely fast. And from what this team has really shown over the last month, I don't think it's possible and like yeah, i'm just this trying is, to this would yeah. be this would be when the men are separated from the boys and it we it's been a lot of a lot of childish boy shit out there lately i'm just i think what would what do you want to watch if like we're gonna still watch these games at the end of the day because yeah, but it's we're, not going on my main TV anymore. I don't want to fucking hear the sound. I just want to look up every once in a while and see that. Yeah, movies. because we're we're stupid and we're still going to watch. What do you want to see happen over this next week? Besides, like them one of these games, is there anything specifically you're going to be watching out for to be like, okay, well, if this season's over, let's see if how this player is going to be doing. Let's see what this player is going to be doing and what so on and so forth. No, because I, I I feel like this collapse is more or less solidified more their move. It gives them more of a case to, um, to, uh, major league baseball where it's like, Hey, like our team's not good anymore. So we're going to start shipping off players. We start rebuilding. And by the time we're in Vegas, we'll have a competitive team and it'll flock people to that Vegas stadium. Um, so I think that, um, this is just validated ownerships, sketchy bullshit that they've done in the past six months and i think that um they're just you know you called it all season but i think they're just gonna it's gonna be a fire sale so no yeah there's nothing i can there's nothing i can be encouraging about maybe i mean but look i mean james caprillion pitches maybe one more time i don't know with bassett back who knows so seeing the young guys play better would be encouraging but yeah, actually, I, they're probably only going to keep Caprillion, Irvin, and Murph, Murph, Elvis. Will still be probably because be he's there. stuck on that contract. Because I don't know. I mean, Billy Bean could potentially find someone to take Elvis. Who knows? That's true. And Tony Kemp, 
Those are the only like those four guys. Are the only guys we're probably gonna keep. Who's in left? Yeah, Canna's gone. Marte's gone. Oh, Pinder. Oh wait, is Pinder a free agent? Pinder's probably gone. But yeah, and, and I has got got until twenty twenty three, which makes his contract a lot more tradable. And uh, it, it's kind of just history repeating itself yeah. over the last twenty years. This feels three, like two thousand fourteen, which feels like two thousand seven. 2008, which feels like 2004. 2004, when they missed the playoffs in game 162 to the Angels. That fucking sucked. And then they sent out Hudson, Mulder. So, and and they always do that. And on top of that, this farm system is depleted. Yeah, there's really, there's really nothing in this pipeline right now that makes you, besides like the guys who are in lower systems like Soderstrom, there really is nothing gratifying. So it's at this point where it's like, I get why they're going to do it. I don't yeah. want them to because I'm tired of this, but I understand. Soderstrom's going to be the next match. Chapman. He'll be the next face of the team. Probably. Yeah. 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 All righty, Chris break time. When we come back, we got our dude, Brian on here. We're going to be talking yeah. more about, guess what? More A's depression as season price went <laughs> up. So we will be right back. All righty, folks. We're back. We're here in our main segment. Uh, we're talking about the, you know, controversy of the week because it's a different thing every week when it comes to A's ownership. Uh, which is uh, season ticket prices were exponentially hiked. So we decided to bring in the man of the people. We got the Kingpin, a.k.a. the co-creator of The Last Dive Bar, a.k.a. the what-the-fuck guy. We got Mr. Brian here. (laughs) Brian, my guy, welcome, friend. Nice to have you on. What's up, dude? It's good to be on, man. It's good to be on the pod. Yeah, with uh, Chris and I have been following you guys for you know when you first started off as like the what the fuck Brian webpage to yeah. really rebranding the last dive bar this year. It's been great to kind of see everything you're doing for the community and for the fans and just it really like for people like us who don't live in the Bay anymore. It helps us keep connected. So like, yo man, appreciate it. Nothing but love. Uh, so you're coming back. Yeah, the definitely, game. man. Yes, you're. Uh, Chris, bad. Before we get into like this elephant in the room which we'll talk we gotta just talk for a second man Seabass's first game he was on the pitch count but he looked awesome like what was the crowd I, I, I'm assuming it was minimal but like you know how was the vibes there at the stadium with him up well I mean I wasn't I wasn't planning on I went tomorrow night wasn't planning on coming tonight and then when the announcement was made uh you know he was obviously gonna get a start I I, I picked the game I you know told my boss I said hey Chris Bass is coming back and he's like no way and I said, yeah, you know, can I, can I get a half day? Can I, you know, and he's like, yeah, of course. So I literally took, uh, took PTO just to come and watch Seabass pitch and, and show some support for that because, you know, obviously regardless of what happens with the season, um, you know, not, you know, if we subsequently don't make the playoffs. I think obviously it's pretty easy. Even if we did make the playoffs, biggest thing that happened was obviously the health of Chris Bassett, him coming back from the injury and then him actually taking the mound um, despite him saying he doesn't even remember the event, so it's no big deal to him. But still, to all of us watching, I think it was a big deal to see him get back on the mound and uh, and really pitch great for, for for not pitching for as long as he did. Um, and I mean, it didn't even look like he missed 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 a, missed a 
just a stride out there. You know, he did great. Yeah, there was, it looked like he had a little bit of the jitters in the first. I know he gave up the, like, the was that leadoff double or something like that and then walked. But then, dude, yeah, he just went, was cruising throughout through there. So it's yeah. as frustrating as this month's been, legit having that moment and having him back on the mound just kind of made everything a little bit better, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, every season, uh, you know, has different di- dynamics, you know, within it. This season was, uh, you know, really frustrating. I think there was a lot of anticipation for what could have been. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that happened throughout the season that was, you know, obviously not planned. And and and, um, you know, they tried to t- tried to weather the storm, and I think the storm got the best of them towards the end of it, which is, uh, you know, unfortunate. But I mean, it was uh, there was some some great things that happened this season, and obviously some not so great things, but. Um, you know, that's, that's baseball, you know, you know, yeah. win or lose, win or lose. I mean, you still show up, you still show up to the park. You still tune into the radio. You still listen to A's cast. You still, you know, watch on TV. I mean, those are the green and gold. You got to support, you know? Yep, exactly. That's why this last weekend, because um, I usually go to the A's angels or Chris. And I usually go, we try to go at least, at least one game every series when they're down here because and this season I, right. or this last weekend, I wanted to go. Cause I was like, Yo, there's a good chance this is gonna be the last time I'm gonna see a lot of these guys in an A's uniform. You know, I want to go go one more time and watch those guys in person. And plus, yo, seeing Otani pitch yeah. in person is like, wow, insane, man. When he's on, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, and that's what's great about baseball is you get to see so many different things. You see Otani pitch, a guy that hasn't done what he's done in over a hundred years. You know what I mean? Everybody says, oh man, it'd be great to see Babe Ruth. You're looking at Babe Ruth. I mean, although he's not. The, the 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 mystique type figure Babe Ruth was. I mean, he is in essence like a Babe Ruth type player. And in you know we take for granted Trout and the greatness Trout is, but like we get to see those players play along with you know all the guys on the A's. And like you were saying, it's like every you know every year you you want to go out and see those guys one last time. I mean, I think we could say that like every year <laughs> we want to see yeah, these guys yeah. one last time before they get they get shipped out and become an all star somewhere else. Oh God, yeah. You don't, Look, we, we can talk all that all day. Um, I know Chris and yeah. I, for sure, during the off season, we want to bring you guys on, and we'll just kind of have like a little powwow and shoot the shit on there. Uh, but yeah, yeah time, man. we'd love to do that. Uh, time to talk the elephant in the room, though. Uh, for those of you who don't know the news. Uh, oh, season what do you mean, t- the elephant, elephant in the room? You oh, mean God. Orbit? Oh, that's re- Orbit's back. You got him. <laughs> I got him back. I got him back. He's out of jail. He'll be there, He'll be there tomorrow night. We're taking the division, World Series. Yeah! <laughs> I, got him, I got him back today, dude. <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to know what you went through it to get him, but I am <laughs> glad he's back and he's in one piece because I think that was the good luck charm that's going to help the rest dude, of the way, he, man. He's like in mint condition. It's almost as if they like reprinted him. So like last year, uh, well, last year, you know, we had to go in like special, like, like it was like Fort Knox to get in there to get the banners down and um the they were covered in ash and smoke from the fires and like this looks brand new like it was just put out but um they i mean but obviously he got taken down the first series because the astros complained to mlb and so so he's in mint condition man he's brand new so um yeah i don't know we'll, we'll do something funny with him but i, I don't know maybe we'll auction him off for a charity or something like that that would be great. Yeah, I think you guys are you're, yeah. you're pretty you know ahead of, ahead of the curve when it's when it comes like the charitable stuff. But I, I'll keep yeah. an eye out this weekend. Then I think we all should. But well, let's talk about the other elephant, right? Yeah. So ticket prices went up. 
uh, pretty significantly. So what was your first reaction, man? Well, if you're not following, follow ASAN, um, ASAN by design. He put out a pretty good graph that shows where he sits, and it shows a, kind of like a, a, a graph, a scale. And, I mean, ticket prices primarily, you know, they go up every year, and they have been um, since 2015 or whatnot. But, um, but they took a significant hike, um, you know, upwards of 36 to 40, basically almost like 40%. Um, and, and it's a pretty big increase. And it, it would be fine if we, you know, won an ALCS. It would be fine if we won a division round. Um, but it, it just seems like there's not really any justification yet uh, that's come out why the prices have gone up so much um, when, when like this year, I mean, if anybody went to, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 games or more, like it was a hollow season. Like there was literally no in-game marketing, no promotions. Uh, the Athletico's t-shirt was missing the accent over the E. That's why there was no mediums given out. Um, the, 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 the marketing and PR team's been slashed. Um, it, it just, it just feels like you're showing up and watching a ball game and that's it. And then just leave. Like it just did not feel like that, 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 that family atmosphere that you usually feel when you're at the game and you feel like the team kind of cares, you know, they had a great marketing team and Travis, um, Travis and, and Kyle Skinner and those guys, uh, and they, and, you know, Kyle moved on and, and then Travis went over to the giants and everything like that. Um, so they've had a lot of tenured employees that left and, and you really, I don't, I really felt that this year. It just didn't feel like, um, a real season. Like it just felt like you were just going to games and, and it was just like, let's hurry up and get the season over with is what it felt like. And then they get hit with, uh, your, your prices have basically almost doubled, you know, um, for whatever your plan is, um, was just, was just crazy. And there's no, there was no, it was just a boom, a blindsided email there. Usually they'll send emails out and they'll, they'll let you know, uh, you know, plans are coming out soon. They'll let you look through everything. It was just like, boom, here, here's the prices. Here's what you get. And, and it's set. So your tickets are set. Like if you have a half season or a, or a quarter season, they already picked your games for you. Now they said, um, which is kind of weird because, um, usually you pick your own games, you know, like if you do a pick them plan or something like that. And, uh, and they didn't do that this year. So now you got to go in there and you got to transfer all your games and everything, but it just, there's no justification for it. And, and they like this year was supposed to be the year of the fan and, and they didn't do anything for the fan this year. Um, uh, the only thing they did in the fan was, uh, you know, just talk a bunch of shit about where they're going to move to and, and, and just have a nasty political um, spat over the internet, over the stadium, instead of working collectively um, working fairly together, um, they didn't do that. They'd just been fighting like little kids about the stand stadium. And it just, it's just evident that, you know, ownership doesn't give a shit, uh, about fans, you know, politics, they don't care about people, you know, it's just like, it's just, it's just like kids fighting, you know what I mean? And so, um, it just, it makes no sense. The increase in tickets, you'll see, you'll see, uh, Ace fan by design, you'll see his, his scale. And it's like, it's it's a small little incremental you know increase which is to be expected right and then boom it just shoots up you have last year where there were no season uh you know and this year there was no season tickets either and it was expensive this year too with the flex ticks and everything like that you buy flex ticks and it's like uh but you only and you had to redeem them in two you couldn't redeem them in one so you basically could go to eight games 
for 160 bucks and you had to find somebody to split it with and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but now you have season tickets and it's like you're paying the same damn price that you're paying this year. Um, and who knows what the perks are? They haven't said what they are. Um, like discounted parking. Well, we don't know what the discount is. You know, they said you, you, you were given a 5% discount. I'm like 5%. So you're telling me the, the a bleacher ticket's going to be 5% more than what $37 was? Like, I'm sorry, a $37 bleacher ticket to an A's game is crazy. It's one thing if it's Howard Terminal. It's one thing if it's even a mediocre stadium. But we're talking about the Oakland Coliseum, a place that you yourself, Cavill, and everybody said is not a viable place to have sports being played. But yet you're charging almost double from what we're paying right now. You know, um, one of the biggest uh, uh, games they've ever had was the free game. They had more people show up to that free game, more people spend money at that free game than anything else. I mean, it's just, it's, I don't get it. If you had lower ticket prices, better marketing, you get more people in seats, more people spending that extra money that they would have on stuff like merchandise, which there was none this year. There was no merchandise this year. You know, they put out a one ride the wave shirt uh, at the stadium. They put out, and that was it. You know, they, 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 there was no new pins. There was no bobbleheads. There wasn't a single bobblehead. And bobbleheads are free. They're free. They're, you get a sponsor. They're free. You know, and so it was just kind of crazy that that uh, I'm just not convinced. Like, oh, okay, now all that's gonna change, and you're gonna you're gonna do all that stuff next year, promotions, this, that, and everything. Like, what are you gonna do to? for the season ticket holder that, you know, as a benefit, you know? Um, you kind of hit on a pretty good point that made me think about was the free game. So this past Sunday when I was at the A's Angels in Anaheim, none of this LA Angels, yeah. it's stupid. It makes no sense. Anaheim Angels. Um, yeah. The ticket was, I paid for parking and ticket was like $15 because all September <laughs> they had flex. And like, we weren't even in our actual seat. We first we went to like the course section behind center field and we wanted to watch some football while the game was going on. And then we went to the Budweiser deck and that second deck and hung out there. And then we went to actual seat, which like nosebleeds, but it's like, it reminds me a lot. I used to work at Disneyland and we mm -hmm. used to get a certain number of uh, free sign-ins a year. And yeah, so we bring in a family, but like the biggest thing, the draw with that was like people would, overspend how much money they would normally spend at Disneyland because guess what? They got them for free. So it's like, hell yeah, I'm going to spend $300 in the park yeah. just on merchandise. So it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, sure. Angel's ticket was $3, but guess what? I immediately went and bought like, you know, a couple beers. I was like 15 bucks or something that I probably wouldn't have if I had to pay it for a ticket. It's stupid. It makes no sense. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and you, you didn't see any of that this year and maybe it's because they're recovering and maybe they're regrouping for next year. So it's like, let's see how next year goes. Like, but you know, I miss the guys, you know, coming up and down, up and down the, 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 the thing with the foam fingers and the thing, guess what? When they come in, my son's there and he's like, oh, that teddy bear, I want it. Guess what? I buy it for him. I buy a $20 fucking teddy bear because my kid wants it. And, and, and that guy wasn't there this year. So that's $20 you don't get. Like there's so many missed opportunity opportunities and stuff like that. I'm like, I take my kid. He buys all the pins, right? Because his dad loves pins. So he's buying the pins. Next, you know, next game, next game, next game, next game. We go to all these other games. Daddy, I have all these pins. Daddy, I have all these pins. I'm like, I know, son, they're not making any more. But don't worry. Stash and bash, they're going to make some. 
don't worry, last dive bar, they'll make some. Don't worry, these all these uh, you know hat collectors on Instagram, they're gonna make some. Like you know, it, it, it's crazy. We have to go elsewhere or make our own stuff that's green and gold inspired. Um, when when the team itself, it's like we want to throw money at you, but you're not letting us. Yeah, you know, even like, when I, I that was why when I went back home in August, uh, yeah. that was my first time at the Coliseum in a, in a few years because COVID hit, and then uh, I, yeah. I was gonna go to the home opener in '19, but I actually went to Japan and I watched them play there, so that was tight. Um, there, there you go. But like, I, I was at the team store, and I'm like there's nothing I couldn't find not like online or better from you guys or right. something. So it, it was disparaging. Yeah. Um, well, look at, look at, look at NorCal Nodders. He's the uh, NorCal. He's a Northern California rep for FOCO. He's the entire reason we had that Matt Olson bobblehead, the Eckersley bobblehead come out. Um, Kemp has a contract with them. So Kemp had his bobblehead come out. And then the all-star on parade would have been like the only bobblehead they had. So like, Thank God we had him because we at least we were able to pre-order that. But I mean, there's nothing for collectors, you know. There's the, for, as far as days, and so it's just crazy, man. I miss the days of, of of just simply marketing the team. And I don't buy this whole oh, it only happened in the Haas era because that's bullshit. Some of the best marketing came out of the Moneyball days, where they had the yeah. lowest payroll they've ever had. The best marketing they ever had were those days, and the pins and just everything. It was crazy. Yeah. So. Uh, I think I got a pretty general idea. It sounds like the season ticket holders, everyone's kind of the same, but everyone's pretty frustrated. So I know you're going to be a little bit of time crunch because you got to pick up your yeah. boy. Uh, but it, I am a little optimistic that I think they this might change because I've, I've never seen Ace fans this pissed off before over the last day than yeah. when this news happened. So like, but if the yeah. price stays, in your opinion, what will kind of like, all right, I'm okay with paying those prices if they do these things, besides signing players, because, you know, oh, sure. Um, if there, yeah. Is there anything else that they could do that you will justify the new price hike? Yeah, so I absolutely think there's zero correlation with the price hike and player acquisition, player retention, um, player development. I think there's actually zero correlation with that whatsoever. I'm never convinced, haven't been convinced for 20, almost 30, 30 fucking years that they would ever do anything like that. Um, as long as you got Fisher at the helm, as long as you had uh, Wolf at the helm and the shots before them, they ain't doing any of that. So I, that's out of the window. I don't think they'll, uh, you know, I'm not convinced. Even if they get Howard Terminal, they're not going to spend money as long as they got Fisher on talent, right? I'm convinced of that. But um, for me, um, the hike in the price, you know, for me, Cavill has shown a lot this year, right? And, 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 and I never really trusted him. I always love – I like Giles. I love Giles, and I love that regime and that group that they had, and I love the access idea. I don't think you need to give all the perks that you had in access, like 50% off that and the 20 – all those crazy, insane things. I, I didn't think you need to do that. But the fact of access and allowing people access into the stadium this is going to generate money that you wouldn't have had. So – you know, I wish they would have done something similar to that, but, you know, I knew that wasn't going to come back the minute Giles left. But, I mean, for me, what would soften the blow a little bit, um, and, and I don't think it's necessarily, like, yes, you're saying Ace fans are more pissed than you've ever seen them, but I think this is just the icing or the cherry on an effed up cake of the season, Yep. right? Yeah. And the frustrations built up with that. Like, you, you expressed to us, Cavill, you expressed to us that you would be doing this whole thing in good faith, 
and your actions and your tweets can completely have contradicted that. You've lied to my face. You brought me into a room with other fans that, that you know, are, are usually at games a lot and on social media and stuff. And you've lied directly to our face about certain things. So the trust is not there. And then the fact that you hike up these prices like that with no justification and after the year that we've had, um, the only thing for me that would soften the blow is like, um, you know, it, is if they go back to the old ways of just treating fans like how season ticket holders should be treated and, 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 and the fans should be treated when they go to a game and stuff like that and, and, and do some of the marketing stuff and do that stuff, you know? Um, I've always think we've had shit ownership. So I, I try to separate that out of my experience at the game and try to enjoy the game. I enjoy being there with my friends, my family. Um, I enjoy interacting with the players. And then, you know, obviously as of late, you know, I've enjoyed doing everything we do with Last Dive Bar and, 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 and generating the funds and the money we do there and giving to charity and, and, and stuff like that. Like, and, you know, and the Make-A-Wish stuff, like that's a, that, that stuff's amazing, right? So I look at that. I don't look at the owners, man. Owners are owners. They're billionaires. They don't give a shit about anything but their money. You know, do you, you know, I've never, like, you know, you see uh, the owner of Dallas Mavericks, like, uh, what's his name? You know, that guy looks Mark like Cuban. he cares, you know, Mark Cuban. He looks like he cares. You know what I mean? He's out there courtside. He's cheering on just like a, a regular fan. You don't get that out of a lot of owners and stuff like that. Um, you know, unless you got those owners that just, you know, throw money like crazy. I would love an owner like that. Threw money around like crazy because they just want to win so bad. They want to win. And, uh, you know, it'd be great to have an owner like that and have a brain like Billy Bean and throw smart money around like crazy. Imagine if Billy Bean had a $150 million payroll. Nothing crazy. Or just $120 million payroll. Imagine what he could do with $120 million. That's Marcus Simeon, and that's Liam Hendricks, and that's acquisitions you could have made. You know what I mean? I mean, come on. That, that's insane. What, our payroll is $76 million, was it? Yeah, it's in the mid-70s. Yeah, and so even, even with Simeon, we wouldn't have got to league. Even if retaining him, we still wouldn't have hit league average. You know what I mean? So it's just it's crazy. But yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's just, pretty wild. My pipe dream, Chris and I's pipe dream, we always talked about this is like, yo, if Joe Lake up the Warriors loaner, cause he's, he look how much, look at the, what the Warriors have turned into the last 10 years, man. Like you grew up in the East Bay, you yeah. how tra- like Warriors games were awesome. I know love going to yeah. the arena, but like the last 10 years, look how much value the company, the team has grown. And, but also like, yeah, look get, how dominant yeah. it become because the guy was throwing money and he, hired the right people to help run the team so it's like ownership matters in sports so it's like you see especially like we saw this right next door and nobody learned that lesson it's 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 sad yeah Uh, there is so what do you think like why do you think they did the price hikes do you really think it's just like we're still bleeding money or do you like do you think this is something a little bit deeper no clue honestly dude no clue like until they come out and say something. And even if they say something, like, I wouldn't believe it. I got no clue. Like, it would give us a little bit more insight into maybe why. But it just makes no sense. Like, this much. Like, I could see if you raise it up a little bit, you know. Like, like to, you can see a steady increment of, like, you know, 3 4 or 5%. But, like, to, to jump from that to 30, almost 40% hike in prices, like, that that's insane. And and don't sit here and come at me and tell me like, 
well, if you want to be a big market team and you want to play, this is what our terminal will be like. No, 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 our terminal is going to be way more expensive. But guess what? You're going to have the best stadium in the fucking world. You know what I mean? And, and hopefully you'd be putting the best talent out there on the field, which I still would highly doubt. But teams like the Yankees and, 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 and the Giants and, and, you know, and, and not even the Giants, because our tickets right now are more expensive than Giants tickets, but like the Yankees and stuff like that, you're paying top, top money. But guess what? You're seeing the top payrolls and the top talent in baseball. And you just said it yourself. You paid $15 to go see the greatest player. You know, I mean, I know Trout's not playing, but, you know, even if Trout was playing, that ticket's still $15. And that's the greatest player we've ever seen in our lifetime. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't buy that. You're, you're, you're going to a shithole and you're, and you're watching a budget, you know, budget team, you know, playing with Cracker Jack money. And he's like, what, third, fourth richest owner in baseball. And you just double the prices. And, 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 and what do we get in return? You know what I mean? We don't get shit in return. And so hopefully that drastically changes, you know, but I, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not buying it yet. My conspiracy theory is they're going to write their, their, their hope is they're going to they're jack these prices up and they're hoping it's going to scare off people. Attendance will be lower. And then they're going to go cry to MLB like, Hey, look, nobody's coming to our games. Like, yeah, yeah because you, you jack the prices. Like, well, of course not. Yeah. I mean, but man, why would you invest that much money? My whole thing is, why would you invest that much money in Howard Terminal just to waste all that money and then go to Vegas and then potentially gamble with Vegas and 81 games in the desert? You know what I mean? Like, like to me, if that was the move, you should have went there to begin with. I mean, you follow the path of least, least resistance. Why even try Howard Terminal when Lou Wolf himself said Howard Terminal was not a viable site? You know what I mean? And And why would you even waste the money on Howard Terminal when you could have just stayed at the Coliseum, made some minor improvements and, and, and maximize your profits while you were there. And then you could have gone to Las Vegas right off the get go. You know what I mean? You could have been there before the goddamn Raiders. If you wanted that, you know, you could have got that Raider deal. You know, I, I, I the thing that's kind of like really bugged me the, the last few weeks was, I don't know if you saw, I don't know how much basketball you pay attention to, but the Clippers just broke ground for a new arena in Inglewood. It's going to be next to the SoFi, the Rams Charger Stadium, next to the Forum. They announced it, the intention of doing that, two years ago. And just this past week, they broke ground on the construction of it. And that just shows no, it, really? yeah, because Steve Ballmer yeah. is competitive as fuck, and he's going to want to pay up money, and he wants to have the best venue, yeah. the best team possible, because that's just the person he is. So it's, Yeah, man, it's like what? When I, when I, you know, you read, I try not to read into it. I try to enjoy the game as much as possible. You know what I mean? Cause I mean, God, it's been ingrained in me since I was four, you know, I'm in, I'm, you know, pushing 40. So, you know, I've been going all through the eighties and everything like that. And so it's, it's, it's tough thinking about the, the stadium stuff and then potentially leaving and, and all that. And so, um, I, it just, it, it, it just boggles my mind. Like, you know, they could have been at that Coliseum site a long time ago. They could have, but I mean, that ship sailed. Um, it's just, it's, it's sad what it's come to, man. It's really sad. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know, fingers crossed, you know, hopefully things can, the, the set, you know, it's about riding the wave. Hopefully things can get a little bit better, but it's, it's, it's tough right now. Last question. Yeah. What can, 
non-season ticket holders, and you already kind of have like a question back to this. What can non-season ticket holders do to kind of like support those said season ticket holders? I know that, uh, but you had a follow-up question to it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think they're really – is anything i think i think they're doing it they're not showing up to games but um i don't really think there's anything they can do you know what i mean because they're non-season ticket holders so really it's like uh they don't have to you know they know they're not going to attract what they call the casuals or the, the you know because they already view it and they've already signed off and they probably were once season ticket holders and said f this I'm, I'm done with this you know what i mean and so um you know uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, and my follow-up question is why, you know, why, why, why wouldn't the non-season ticket holder think they have any effect on the, you know, season ticket holder itself or that experience, you know, why be invested in that? For me, the reason I kind of thought about the question I wanted to ask was more so like, look, I, you know, I've, I've left the Bay, I moved from the Bay Area eight years ago and slowly but surely a lot of what I grew up with is changing, you know, a lot of it's kind of saying, and for me, the most consistent thing has been days, at least the A's fans. Cause like, I always try to tell people down here, I'm like, yeah, that's it. The stadium's a piece of shit. I'm like, you're not going to have more fun at a baseball game than at an A's game. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I think the season ticket holders, you know, all you guys on right field and the left field and you guys are kind of like the, you keep the blood flowing in that stadium. Even when there's 4,000 people, there could be, you know, 40, 50,000 people. You guys are the ones who are leading the charge. So, like, that for us, like, the non-season ticket holders, the guys who I try to go to game at least one or two games a year in Oakland, like, you guys are, like, the, the roots of it. So, like, to have yeah. – to lose that, to me, is, like, the biggest fear of what things could be, you know, until this stadium situation gets figured out, is not having those people there, not having the drum the drummers, not having people yelling chants – not having you pissed off on the jumbo tr- uh, on TV, <laughs> like seeing that stuff, yeah. like that's what makes me feel connected is like seeing that. So like when you lose that, like, you know, you're going to turn into a Marlins game. No offensive to yeah. Marlins fans listening, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, they would have to develop their own culture, you know, and uh, like you see it with the Raiders, you know, you saw that Raider. I mean, there was no black hole really. And, and so it looked like an completely different um group of fans that were cheering on the Raiders and stuff like that um and so it's going to be interesting um you know uh you know but it's like you know I, I was there through the money ball years and everything like that and it was a completely different atmosphere we had that same stadium we you know but we had great marketing we had a great team the only thing we were missing is retention of that talent if we had that I'm, I'm, I'm almost hundred percent certain we would have gotten over that home. If, if, if yep. they would have allowed more money, right. Like, like you see in a money ball, him asking for it, but he's been on record. Billy Bean has been on record saying that he has requested, you know, more funds, especially during those times. And he was denied it. And so he's asked for more money. And it's so funny how everybody hates on Billy Bean, but the guy's asked for more money and he's been told no. You know, especially when he didn't have ownership stake in it as much as he, you know, as he does now. But, you know, and what if he was given, you know, ten, fifteen million dollars during that Moneyball era? Era would he have gotten more? You know, but we were averaging over, you know, almost two million fans a year in that Moneyball era. 
So we had fans at the games on Mondays and Tuesday nights. So everybody talks about nobody's ever shown up at the game except the Haas area. That's not true. Moneyball was was funner than, 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 you know what I mean? The Bash area was great, but Moneyball was just as good. And and the team was just as exciting, you know? And, and all they, they were just a few acquisitions away and a few player retentions away from, I think, a World Series and maybe more. Um, but that was the only thing they were missing. I always think you need three aspects, right? You need that fan engagement, which, you know, is that in-stadium stuff and, and, and treating your fans good. And you need um, um, you, you need player retention. You need investment into the talent. Um, and the fan engagement can go with venue, too. And the venue can be a shithole. Look at Wrigley Field, Red Sox, Fenway. They're older stadiums than we are. And they have no issue filling their house. You know, they renovated and everything like that. And so, um, and, and and you need those three things, you know. So you need venue, you need fan atmosphere, you need that engagement, and you need player uh, investment. You know, and right now, we don't have any of that. And that's why the attendance is the way it is. And it's the way it's always going to be if you don't have any three of those things. And they're saying, oh, no, all we need is a stadium. Well, no, but you also need to show that you're invested into the players and you're invested into the fans. So if you don't show either one of those, you know, you saw it at Oracle. Oracle has a beautiful stadium, right? But what did they not have? They didn't have the talent on the field. And what was their worst years in, in attendance? You know what I mean? They had horrible attendance, you know, uh, just a few years back. It was the worst attendance in their, you know, 20, 20 some years, you know? And so you need those aspects. And if you start slacking off too much in those aspects, you're fucked, you know? And so that's the saddest thing is not seeing like the bare minimum is that fan engagement and that not being there, that like that, that sucks, you know? Yeah. And so this year felt, you know, pretty hollow, but, you know, but I'm proud of a lot of the stuff that's happened and, 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 you know, stuff that's happened off the field. And I think, uh, you know, that's stuff to celebrate, you know what I mean? Having Tony Kemp and seeing the philanthropic work he's done has been awesome. Uh, Bassett, like I said, that, that, that story in itself is great. Marte's record, um, you know, happening in the green and gold, that's something to celebrate. Um, um, us almost getting there. I mean, uh, you know, it was, it, it, it seemed exciting at, at a time, you know, and then, uh, Anytime the, do good and then today you got to witness some history, Matt Olson, the most home runs from a, by a lefty against lefty pitchers ever. Yeah, that's insane. So he's got 41 total, right? 41 or 42 total. Uh, total? No, I think he's still in the 30s. I want to say he's like a 38. Is he? Somewhere, yeah. Could have swore uh, 38, like the, huh? The fact that he, the two guys in front of him for that record were uh, Barry Bonds and Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> that's, oh, that's he has 38. Insane. 38 total. But those are the only two guys yeah. to have as many home runs as he had that he passed them. Yeah. Alrighty, Brian, I know you're you're about to pick up your son, but hey man, I appreciate yeah. everything you've done for the community. Uh get loud, get proud. I hope I see Orbit back there on TV this yeah, weekend. No, he, he'll be yeah, he'll be there tomorrow night. He'll be there tomorrow night. And um <laughs> and so definitely, yeah, no, uh thank you and thank you for obviously, you know, placing in order and supporting. I mean, and everybody that bought something off last eye bar, I mean, it's really you guys that uh, has made so successful and um let's go and there it is there it is yep. and then you know yeah i got the whole bag of pins like right here it's not the game so thank you everybody that stopped by today and got a pin and um and go to last all proceeds benefit the ace community fund their affiliated charities 
Um, so it's good stuff, man. You get green and gold gear, and uh, community gets uh, funds, charities get funds. So it's a it's a win win situation, you know. It's all it, it, so, it's. You know, I hate that the yeah. Giants hashtag the resilient SF, but really, really, dude, I think A's fans are the resilient ones, man. We kind of work through this. We get through this together. We, you collaborate Wait, with the players. It's resi- awesome. What are, what are they so resilient? I mean, they're 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 bougie. I mean, they, they get everything. Do they got gar- garlic fries? They got full concession stands. They got uh, what do you th- what do you mean, man? We're resilient. <laughs> yeah, they're the resilient. We're the, we're the, the I think ours should be uh, hashtag beatered and battered is what our new. <laughs> Hashtag, we've Dude. seen some shit. <laughs> Alrighty, yeah. cool, Brian. Thank you so cool much for up. joining. And uh, yeah, Thank we're, you, bro. we're 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 gonna get you on the you guys on the winner. We'll we'll shoot the shit. We'll have a little more fun there. Yeah, we got actually. If you're looking for Christmas gear, we got glassware, dive bar glassware coming Ooh. out. Shot glasses, frosted pint glasses, beer steins, um, and then we're gonna be putting out some zip up hoodies um, and. And we're working with local artist Guy Lewinsky, right? Very talented. And he's doing an entire line of Christmas pins. Uh, they're little car- cartoon stompers, right? So it's his rendition of stomper because, uh, we, you know, licensing and stuff like that. But it, 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 looks, it looks great. And uh, so we're going to put one out. They're limited. So there's only 50 of each. And so we're going to be doing Thanksgiving one first, then Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day. Um, St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Fourth of July. So, and I, and and we'll probably do uh, like a Memorial Day one, like Soldier one too. So, uh, so you, we got that coming all year. So that'll be fun. Hell yeah, can't wait. All right, go ahead, Brian. Again, thanks. Appreciate you joining us. Hell yeah, dude. Welcome back. Good combo, Julio. Thanks for um, for uh, interviewing Brian. Uh, thanks for coming on, Brian. Appreciate that. Yeah, can't, um, can't wait to have those guys have the full last dive bar in the off season. You know, I feel yeah. like that. I'm so mo- I'm looking more forward to like off season recording now because it's like I just yeah. now we can start like really being fun with this really creative. Like, all right, who do we we've always wanted to talk to that would be really fun conversations, and like those guys are definitely up there. They've been doing a lot of awesome dude stuff he needs to fucking create a bar and call it baseball's last dive bar a bar yes or they can make a he should do that he should fucking make that bar or i would go with the pool in it with the diving board actually just uh, speaking of do you watch dan do you watch dan do you listen to dan patrick at all every once in a while you you remind me of Fritzy sometimes. You come in with these like random <laughs> jokes that just like whoosh, over my head all the time. It's great. Actually, speaking of of uh, bars that have a pool, if you've ever been to mod- uh, Modern Times in Anaheim, the, the Dank Dojo, they have a pool there. Do they really? Yeah. It, they, do people it, swim in it? Uh, now they do. <clears throat> mm. They didn't initially when they opened because of COVID, but. Now you can go. I don't know if you could, and you can like rent it out for parties, the whole patio space. So, Anaheim's coming up. There's a lot of really cool stuff over there, but at the end of the day, their stadium still kind of sucks. But so does ours. Alrighty, Chris. All right, here's the upcoming yeah, series, everybody. Um, we are playing the Astros at home, um, last home stand of the season. Um, 
you know, I'm, I would say I would encourage you to go to the game, but I don't want to because um, fuck ownership. Um, yeah. So Sunday is Steve Vucinich's last game. Go to that game. Yeah, go, go to, to that, that game. game. Uh, if you don't know who that is, one, shame on you. Two, he's A's equipment manager. He's been in the A's organization since the year they moved from Kansas City, 1968. He's been in the organization for 54 mm-hmm. years. He is retiring. They're doing a ceremony for him. Uh, his daughter, Kayla, will be throwing out the first pitch. It's If there is a game to go to, go to this. And it's crazy. They're actually talking on the radio broadcast. Like, you know, it's he was here when Fosse got traded to Oakland. So, like, they have these two guys who combine have been within this organization for almost a hundred years and they're still here in 2021. Like that's pretty dope. Not many teams can say that. It's pretty great. And, uh, and, and uh, if you look nine times out of 10, when they show archive footage and they show a shot in the dugout, he's in that footage nine times out of 10. Like if it's like a home run and then they show like, I don't know, Reggie Jackson, like high-fiving, um, his teammates in the in the dugout, you're going to see a shot of Vooch in there probably. You know what would have been great too if like each time they showed him his hairstyle reflected the era. So they showed him in the 70s, he's got like an afro. And the, that like, would the, be cool. The, Although I, I've seen <clears throat> pictures of like, I've seen shots of him in like the 80s in the Bash Bros era and he has the same exact hair. Yeah, he's, he's always like gray and everything. But if he had like yeah. a mullet, like great. Uh, but also yeah. be aware, if you are going to go to a game this series, there's a good chance the Astros will be clinching a playoff berth there. And nobody wants to see yeah, that. So, so you know, yeah. viewer discretion advice. And then we're playing Seattle again. We already talked about it. They're going to be playing in Seattle Monday through Wednesday. Oh, God. All right, Chris. Let's go into it. Our players of the week. I, I don't want to be like, I know I'm so negative this episode, but like, I, I'm just like, I'm over it. I'm pissed off. So I don't have a player of the week. I don't, I'm not doing one. No one has played well, in my opinion, um, enough to win this. I would give it to Seabass if I could, but he, I'm not giving one out out of uh, pure pure spite. I understand. Sorry, boys. Yeah. And girls. Uh, I understand. Well, but only boys are on this team. So. Oh, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So I, I thought you were talking team. about like um, the audience. Oh, no. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, – Somebody then, uh, Frankie Montas pitch a gem on Sunday. Uh, look, the main reason, like we talked about this last time, was just like not much to see with the game in Anaheim. I went up to the game on Sunday in Anaheim, and I got to see an absolute gem. Otani and Montas going head to head, both were just throwing just absolute fire. Their splitters are working mm-hmm. super well. And uh, it was awesome to see it in person, and Frankie really showed him up. Seven innings, one hit, no run runs. He, he walked four, uh, and then he struck out seven. And he's, Dude, Frankie's really only had that one bad start this entire second half of the season, and that was because Murph was catching him. Yeah, he's had a, a, a couple of – really, they have the most runs he gave up. Uh, it, and his start was, yeah, he gave up four. Yeah. With Murph behind I mean, the plate. Great trade bait. 
just as I was starting to like really, we've been so finicky, <laughs> we've been so finicky with them. Just as like I'm now really starting to be like, all right, I think he's really gonna do it now. It's like, oh, cool, we'll ship him. Alrighty, so all right, let's go ahead and recap. I think he's locked up till 2025 or 26. Yeah, he's so he's they actually there might, for they, a bit. They'll probably keep him. Now that I think about it. All right, essential tailgate tools of the week. Last week I went with the OC boys combo of James Caprillion and Cole Irvin. Little did I know, almost immediately after recording, they said that Caprillion was going to be moved to the bullpen. Dalton Jeffries mm-hmm. moving to start rotation but then guess what dalton jeffries went on the il and james caprilli went to start a rotation so i was right anyways captain great he would sit six innings two hits zero and runs uh he struck out five no walks and then cole irvin just as good he had four runs but only one of those runs were earned six innings seven hits one walk three k's both they just really really like playing their hometown teams they really dominate them and i don't think either of these guys are going to be gone next year so i hope they continue that trip no. into next year chris no. oh geez josh harrison jay hay just is really yeah fell the off one week in an a's uniform that he didn't play well yeah really fell off a cliff he went three for 25 uh two rbis six k's he batted 120 but even worse is his obp was 148 yeah I I mean, I mean I said last week the offense has been riding through him, Marte, Kemp, and uh, Elvis, and Marte had a pretty good week, but the rest just completely fell off, and that's why our offense. Yeah, uh, if if you're fell on their face a little bit. If your leadoff hitter has a one forty eight on base percentage, you're not it's gonna not have a good time. Uh, yeah. For this week, I'm gonna go ahead and highlight a couple players this i'm gonna do the same thing and i'm I'm just going at the catchers so yawn and murph for next week a couple reasons two different reasons i've realized if we really want to make this happen or if the team really wants to make this happen everybody's got to contribute in every little way offensively and when those two guys are hitting i think this makes this team exponentially better because they're, I, to me, I still think they're one of the best catching duos in all of baseball. They just really got to click. So if they really want to make it work, if they really have this drive to try to clinch a wild card or, you know, pipe dream a division, it's not going to happen. It's there. But then also, uh, with the season ending, I think we both agreed Murph will still be on this team next year. Having them yeah. finish strong will be an optimistic thing going into the next season. So mm-hmm. the catchers, let's go. I agree. Um, mine is going to be, um, uh, James Caprillion because, um, he's likely going to be the next ace of this staff if it is indeed a fire sale. So it'd be like, it'd be nice to see him finish off his rookie season with a, uh, impressive win. Um, and then they can move into the off season and, you know, make that role transition. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, his last start was good, but before that it was a little rough. You could tell a little rust on there being a young guy, first long season. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got. I don't really know what else to really look for. I don't want to give the, I want to give the listeners something to look for, and but I don't really have much. Understandable. But it's time for one of our new favorite segments. We got the magic polls. I don't know if that's Update official the polls. name. Yeah. What do you got, Chris? Can Seabass save us? 
65% of the audience Jesus. said yes. 72 votes. Wait, 65 said yes? Yeah. Wow. Sure. Can the A's pull out a season, pull out, pull the season out and make the wild card? 82% of the audience said no. Okay. 119 votes. That's hilarious. That, that's like two different things. I think that was, I think that was right after like, so Seabass was announced he was starting Thursday and then they lost that game that night. And it was just, I think I posted that like right afterward. So like people were just in a bad mood. Uh, should they take the reins off of Seabass uh, and let him go past his pitch count? 67% of the audience said yes. That was only 24 votes on that. But, um, yeah, people agreed with me. Uh, those are the polls. A lot of sea bass this week. Yep. It's how could you not? It's the only bright side. Yeah, I'll say that's all we got right now, man. Yeah. All right, Julio. That's going to do it for today's this week's episode. Um, any last comments, questions, or concerns? Make sure. Give us a follow on Twitter. We just hit 700 followers. Woo! Yeah, doing it. Um, this look, and also if you're listening every week for a stuff, honest, obviously we're gonna keep doing ace talk, but just be prepared that once it does hit the postseason, and if you know, and that's it's looking very much likely, the A's are not gonna be the postseason. We're still gonna continue this, but it's gonna be very playoff centric. So if you still want to hear us talk about baseball. We're going to do that whenever there is some A's news, any sprinkles we can kind of throw in there. We will be putting it in there. Just kind of viewer discretion for the month of October. The odds are not a lot of A's talk. But if you love baseball yeah, like we yeah, do. We, if you're new to our pod this season, this podcast becomes a general baseball pod once the playoffs hits, more or less. And uh, me and Julio watch every playoff game. We're, this is one of our favorite times of year. Um, so you're going to get real um, – um, analysis and 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 takes from it if you miss a game or two um so and if that's makes, how you want to keep up with the playoffs you'll we're, we're your we're your dudes and what makes it more fun too is we can kind of be a little more broad with our guests so we don't have to be just ace fans so we'll we're definitely bringing back ronnie one of these one of these yeah ronnie will be on there for sure especially if that devil magic bullshit cardinals pull it off but yeah. Not John, because the Angels suck. Now I know what it feels like to be John and be a Oh, man, I'm sorry, team. John, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to text him, like, hey, like... how do you deal with this? I'm going to be nicer to him. Now I now I know how it feels. I'm sorry, John. Give... I never understood your pain. Give it like Kenny in South Park when he gives people a pat on the back. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, make sure to follow us. All right, us thank you stuff. very much. Yeah, yeah, make sure, uh, make sure to follow us. Um, we'll be back. Um next week hopefully i mean hopefully lighter mood but if we are sucking more next week it's probably gonna be a shorter pot <laughs> but also another thing we forgot to talk about is our schedule for our release schedule is gonna be a little in flux for a little bit so we've been consistently oh, yeah. coming out yeah. thursday fridays uh new work stuff going on so we're it's gonna and be a the little playoffs coming on. yeah so and yeah. it's gonna be a little more sporadic with recording we're gonna find a more consistent time but that too Last but not least, Julio. Let's go Oakland. <laughs> Let's go baseball. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, <laughs> and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by 
once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland. Oh, 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 oh,